we are back. Welcome to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show 2015's inaugural Inside Slant. Mr. Briggs is on the phone, will be with us here shortly. How's it going this morning, Rick? Oh, just wonderful and another cloudy, breezy, feels almost fall-like, almost football weather here in northwestern Pennsylvania here. That's right. You're standing outside in it, not in studio, calling in tonight. We'll have Rick here for about 45 minutes, bring Scott Fish in about uh, 15 minutes before the hour, uh, answer all your questions. You can give us a call, 646-478-4679, at Asylum Football on Twitter. Log on. If you're in the chat room, you can you can talk there, ask questions there. There's Scott just popped in the chat room as well, so I'm sure he'll be giving me a hard time at some point. Already got a game in the books, Rick. Of course, the headline coming out of it is something about headsets and a tight end coach uh, whooping up on a Patriots fan, but we're going to talk about the football side of things. Yeah, and that was, um, you know, for the first game of the year, I guess you would call it entertaining, but it was a just – you go through this kicker debacle that the Steelers did, and then you see Josh Scobie, who's already the goat of the town, missing those two field goals, the first one kicker to miss two opening field goals of the season since, I believe, 1970. And then you have the best tight end in football running around uncovered. And, you know, I, I don't know what to take away from that other than – they better get a new defensive plan together real quick. Yeah, it's a terrible defense, number one. Honestly, there's nobody. Had they covered Gronk, he would have the exact same results is the takeaway from that. My takeaway from it is, save for those missed field goals, save for within the first drive of the NFL season, we had what I assume is going to be the stupidest play call of the entire NFL season driving with D'Angelo Williams, running the ball down the Patriots' throats, trying that stupid trick play, follow it with a penalty, kill a drive, missed field goal. In my opinion, sitting here watching that game, the game ended right there. It is the weird stuff that happens when the Steelers play the Patriots. And they threw the game away there. you still in it right up till the fourth quarter. Knew they weren't going to get a stop when they needed it, but they killed too many drives. And this team, once again – Steelers, something to watch out for as you're you're starting your Steelers. Terrible, terrible in the red zone. Oh, no no question about that. They had all the chance of the world to win that game, even with the guffaws on defense. You know, 10 guys on the field. And Ben throws for over 350 yards. D'Angelo Williams, as you mentioned before, running it down their throat, 128 yards. I don't have the stats right in front of me, but like 126, 128 yards, doing just about anything they wanted to do except score. Right. And it's so much. I found it interesting, too, Rick. It was, uh, what do we have? 127. You were right on top of it. No touchdowns. I found it interesting once they called a Will Johnson. I have to assume that's not going to be the case when Le'Veon Bell gets back, but that may be something to keep an eye on. Yeah, it was um, kind of a change of pace thing. And, you know, quite frankly, giving a ball to to somebody like a Will Johnson down in the red zone around the goal line is not a bad idea. And I know, you know, as fantasy guys, we all like to see our guys score the touchdowns after they've done a lot of the work and everything. But I tell you what, I mean, you, you look at like a Mike Colbert, you know, Lorenzo Neal in the past and so forth. 
give it to the big guy. And, and if you're going to short yardage situations, those extra pounds and, and extra muscle behind the offensive line, not a bad move. No, it's something they don't do a ton. Worked out there. So Roethlisberger, uh, 25 of 38, 351 and a garbage time touchdown. D'Angelo Williams, uh, boy, I expected a good game from him. I didn't expect this, the 21 for 127. Antonio Brown does his thing, nine for a buck 33 in a, in, uh, in a touch, that late garbage touch. One you're always on, Rick, your man, Heath Miller, eight grabs, 84 yards. Just love Heath Miller. It, it, and he's been with Ben for so long, they probably know what the other one's thinking without even speaking. And, you know, I just like this guy. He's I, one of the best tight ends in football still, as far as I'm concerned, as far as complete. Not the numbers guy like Gronk for sure. But he finds a way to get open. Tough yards, and he'll make the catch. All right, let's jump to, jump over the Patriots side here. we got a call on the line. We'll get to that as soon as we wrap this up. Tom Brady, very surgical, uh, 25 of 32, 288, four touchdowns, just ridiculous. Deion Lewis, Rick, here we go. We were starting this. LeGarrette Blunt already active, ready to roll for next week. But Deion Lewis is going to be the waiver wire darling. 15 carries, 69 yards. Look great in the passing game as well. You buy into Deion Lewis at all. Well, you know, for a bench warmer, why not for a one-week start and hope you hit it? But, you know, with Blunt coming back, now you have the guy getting the tough yards. Lewis is going to be turning into basically the change of pace guy. But I'll tell you what, he could turn into a Shane Vereen type of guy, too. Yeah, that that's the, the key phrase. He's going to be Shane Vereen. The frustrating part is we found when – what was it, two seasons ago, Rick, Shane Vereen caught fire and people were drafting him in the third round. There are going to be games at, at that point Vereen took over. At this point, Deion Lewis is going to take over. There's going to be that game, but you said it. You've got to hit on that game. You don't know what it's going to be because depending on Belichick's game plan, disappear for stretches too. So I think it's probably worth picking up, stashing on your bench. If you get desperate, you can plug him in and hope for the best. But, boy, it's not a guy I would count on by any means. No, you can't do that, obviously. But, you know, getting back to the Patriots, Tom Brady, like you said, just another surgical performance. I believe the guy has a QBR of like 109 since 2001 against the Steelers. And no matter what you say about the Pittsburgh defense, even when they were good, he torched them. So, you know, it's what you expect from Tom Brady, especially against Pittsburgh. And um, I tell you what, this Patriot team, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. There's no doubt. Yeah, no question about it. A lot, a lot of holes on defense. So I, I'd be concerned if I was new in New England about that defensive line. Julian Edelman, a very Julian Edelman-like, 11 catches on 11 targets, 97 yards, no touchdowns. PPR gold in a standard, just a, just an average guy. It's amazing. He's the one guy in the league. Who we, we always talk about PPR or standard when, when we answer questions. This is the one guy where it truly is relevant. Oh, there's no question about that. He is a PPR darling. And I'll tell you what, even in PPR formats, you see him falling more than he should. Um, you know, he just because he's just not that flashy guy. He's not the huge touchdown type of guy and so forth. But I'll tell you what, 11 grabs and 97 yards and a full point PPR, and you're talking 20, 21 points. 
Yep, and, and you can expect that pretty much any week if the game plan dictates that uh, that they're throwing the ball a, a lot, and which I think they're going to going to tend to do even even once you get Legarrette Blunt back, and of course Rob Gronkowski does what Gronk does: five catches, ninety four yards. I actually expected more catches from him, but uh, in the red zone, three touchdowns again. This guy is just a machine. Yeah, he's just unstoppable, and especially when he's not covered. I mean, he is totally <laughs> unstoppable. But, um, you know, Pittsburgh found out if you don't cover him, you get burned real quick. Yeah, no no question about it, Eric. we got a call on the line that's hopped to that right now, area code 609. Good morning. Hey, gentlemen, hey, we got Jersey and a half, sir. i got a couple Jersey, questions. Jersey, what's happening? Hey, you did me right, man. My boy, Angelo Williams, went off to me, gave me 17.20 points. And I played him instead of blue because I get Bell back week three. You know, Levy and Bell. But here's my, here's my dilemma, standard league. Two opposite problems that I have. One is I think I'm staying away from George Bell, but I have uh, Gordon, Melvin Gordon in there. But I do have Matthews, and I don't know what Gordon's going to do. Yeah, Detroit's not as strong defensively, supposedly against the run as it used to be. But I don't know if it's going to be the Danny Woodhead show this week or whatever. So I guess my dilemma is: do I put it, do I plug in Ryan Matthews, or do I keep Gordon in there as my running back? It's my first question. Second question is: do I stick with that same same leg, same team? Do I stick with Mike Evans, who's been banged up, or do I take a shot on Roddy White? Because I already have Devontae Adams in there. I only played two receivers. Uh, that's my two questions on my team, and I have one for juniors. All right, Rick, uh, I'll let you start out with the with the running back conundrum. Mike Bell, Melvin Gordon, Ryan Matthews. I'll tell you what, it's a tough call. Melvin Gordon looks to be getting the carries, but I agree to our start sits. We're going to talk a lot about Danny Woodhead. I don't know what's going on with Joyke Bell like Ryan Matthews, but I don't know how much work he's going to get behind behind DeMarco. What do you think, Rick? Well, you know, I, I, I'm not a big Ryan Matthews guy, as you know, especially behind uh, DeMarco Murray. I mean, I think he's going to get some play time more in third down, so forth. And, and Jersey, I mean, glad to hear from you. He kind of faded in and out on me a little bit, Rick, so I get off track, kind of correct me here. Is he going between Gordon, Woodhead, and Matthews? No, uh, it would be Gordon, um, Joyce Bell, and Ryan Matthews. Okay. Um, yeah, I tell you what, I think I think I'd ride Gordon. To be honest with you, as much as I hate to say that, I don't. You know, the situation with Joyce Bell is kind of mystifying, and as much hype as Abdul has been getting, I think I might go with Gordon over those two. Uh, you know, Ryan Matthews. I'm not sure about the workload he's going to be getting. But, uh, you know, it's the Chip Kelly experiment, and it's still kind of a weird thing. But we saw, you know, how it worked last year with him. So, I tell you what, I think I would just go with Gordon. Yeah, you know, I'm going to agree with that. I I, I hate Gordon, to be quite honest (laughs) with you, Jersey. He makes me nervous. I yeah. can't really. I know you called and you talked to uh, talked to Bob on Thursday night when I was on with him, and he actually recommended Matthews. I, I I get where he was going in terms of consistency, and he'll be successful with the workload he gets. I just don't know what that's going to be. The Bell Abdullah Zenner thing. I don't want any part of that. We know Gordon's going to get some work. Whether or not successful with it, that's the question. Yeah, you know, that defensive certainly isn't what it was in Detroit. So I'll give Gordon a shot here early in the year. We'll see what he can be. I think it's going to be the Woodhead show, but Gordon should get plenty of work. And then, Rick, uh, we also had in the in the standard league Mike Evans, who still questionable, going to be a game-time decision, or do you pull the trigger? White. 
Because I have Ryan Matthews as my quarterback. I wonder if they're going to use Evans as a decoy. You know what I mean? And it's it's raining in Tampa, too. So I just was curious on what you guys thought. Well, if it was me, Jersey, I'd be riding Roddy White because uh, if if Evans is a game-time decision, I don't think you want to be sitting there, you know, that kind of decision in week one, you know, hanging over you. Roddy White's playing. He's back in practice. That elbow's okay. And, um, you know, I don't really mind the matchup Atlanta has today, to be honest with you. And I looked for a little bit of a bounce back here from Roddy White. Everybody says he's over the hill. He's been banged up the last couple of years. But you know what? You know, prior to that, about the first eight or nine years, he never missed a game. And, uh, you know, I, I think I'm going to ride Roddy White. Yeah, I think I'd play it safe. The one nice thing you've got going here, Jersey, is with Evans being that 430 game, that's usually – Spells disaster. However, Atlanta playing Monday night, something you can keep an eye on. But I'm going to agree, a guy the caliber of Roddy White, I think you go ahead and plug him in. With Evans being a game-time decision, if you have weather concerns, all the concerns down there in Tampa today, it's probably best plug in Roddy White. I think you're going to know what you're going to get out of him. That game, I believe, is going to be a total shootout, Philadelphia and Atlanta. I think there's going to be plenty of work for Roddy White. Going forward on a normal week, it's Mike Evans all day. This guy's the number one. But for this week, I'd stay away from that hamstring issue and just go ahead and roll Roddy White. I agree. And last question I got for Junior's team. Junior's in a PPR league. Uh, he, he starts three receivers, which he's got, but his fourth one, because yeah, his, his running back, Aaron Foster's now hurt, is he's got Michael Floyd in there. But he also has Terrence Williams on his bench. I think Williams could be Floyd, I think, is the number four option because I think you got that, that John Brown guy or whatever his name is, and you got uh, Fitzpatrick. Or, I mean, Larry Fitzgerald. So, I don't know how much with the hand situation Floyd's going to be. Would you bench Floyd this week in, in lieu of, you know, for flex and put in Terrence Williams with Dallas one against the Giants tonight in a PPR league? That's his best option he has would be Terrence it, Williams. It, it, is he saying bench Michael Floyd for Terrence Williams? Yeah, yeah from, from Arizona, yeah, because they're not sure what's going on with his hand. or, or I don't think he's played all preseason. And his chemistry is so so with with Carlson Palmer. So I tell you what, if it was me, I'd I'd bench him all day long for Terrence Williams. Terrence Williams is a clear number two in Dallas, and you know Des Bryant is still the bell cow. But I tell you what, I like this matchup. I think it's going to be a shootout with the Giants. And I tell you what, if uh, you happen to uh, check out the FantasyGreek.com and, and their guide, I wrote an article about undervalued players. I think Terrence Williams is going to be one of the undervalued players this year going into 2015. I think this guy is set. He's a third-year guy. He's set for a breakout. His only lacking last year was the the lack of of catches. Right. I mean, we already we already know he can go up and get it in the end zone, and he's a burner. I tell you what, Tony Romo starts developing chemistry with them. They got a one-two punch you don't want to mess with. And I think they're going to pass a lot this year versus if they lost Murray. They don't have that ground and pound. And like you said last year, Terrence Williams was doing a bust. Like Dijon Mustard, except Dijon Mustard, Jackson, every four games he scores a touchdown. So maybe you get four games out of Jackson. But, yes, Williams was every other week. So hopefully he'll be a little bit more consistent. The running game might not be as strong as last year. So, I kind of agree with you guys. I'm not a Michael Floyd person. I'm a white person, but but um, I like what's his name, Terrence Williams this year as a flex option until what's his call comes back, um, Andre uh, or Aaron Foster. So I'll tell Junior to plug, to plug him in 
and do it that way. Hey, guys, I really appreciate the last couple of years we've talked. You've helped me and do your tweak things. Like I said, I've won five out of the last seven years. Championship juniors won three. So I appreciate your help. Best of luck to you guys this weekend. And as always, thanks again for your time. I appreciate it on Sunday morning. You have a nice day. All right. Good luck, Jersey. Great to hear from you. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, Rick, we got one in the chat room. We let, we need to rank these three running backs. Randall, Ivory, Hyde for this week. Okay. Um, yeah, and thanks to Jersey for calling in. Always good to talk to him. It's been a while. Um, Ivory, Randall, and Hyde. Okay. Um, I'll tell you what. I'm a little torn on Randall here because I think uh, the workload is going to be fairly evenly split between him and McFadden. Uh you know, Chris Ivory's been looking pretty good. You know, and I've I've liked this guy even since he was with New Orleans. And um I tell you what, I think San Francisco is a mess. They're going against a uh, pretty tough defense in Minnesota. Uh as Cleveland is is tough against the Jets. But I, I think it's pretty close, but I'm going I think I'm gonna go Ivory, Randall, Hyde. <laughs> well we're not gonna be much help here. Yeah, Randall, it just just came across, Rick. I don't know if this means anything to you. It may still end up being split. Just come across that he's expected to get the start tonight and, and the bulk of the work. Just got an update from ESPN on that. That being said, in this game, you know, I don't know what the situation is with McFadden. I'm actually going to go Randall Hyde Ivory. I don't. I do like what I saw out of Ivory later in the preseason. I just don't know what to make of that Jets offense yet. I think. I'm going to take the guy in Randall, who, while I worry what the workload's going to be, he's behind that offensive line in a game that could be played in the 40s, quite honestly. Hyde, sort of a forgotten man, man got himself a decent little matchup. I think they're going to try to establish the run a little bit, as they're, they're really lacking weapons otherwise. So I'm going to go Randall, Hyde, Ivory in that. But, but it's close. It's really close. But I'll tell you what, if, if the report about the uh, workload is is – remotely true i will certainly capitulate to that and go randall first because i think it's going to be a high scoring game you'll probably get a lot of work so i have no problem with that i tell you what though just to me i want to, i want to see more out of hide and um you know look rex isn't in new york anymore and it's very possible that um you know from what we've seen ivory is going to be the guy from what we've heard and ryan fitzpatrick has a few weapons I, i'm not real concerned about that if they start using them smart. So I'm going to go – I'll give you Randall and I'll go Ivory, but I still have Pod third. All right. So uh, let's jump on a few other news items, and then we'll get to our uh, starts and sits. I know, Rick, you've been wondering on pins and needles all week, wondering what uh, Dwayne Bowe's status is going to be in Cleveland. He <laughs> is inactive, so go ahead and sit him. Uh, LaShawn McCoy is healthy. He's ready to go, and they are saying uh, Michael Herkham of CBS Sports is saying that he will get the bulk of the carries in week one. No surprise there. Here's some big news, Rick. Trey Mason reported out this week. Uh, Benny Cunningham going to get the star. Are you going anywhere near that mess? No, I really don't want any of that mess, to be honest with you. I really kind of like Trey Mason going in um, earlier on in the preseason and so forth just with the – you know the the knee situation, but um, you know if he's out, I you know I'm not a believer in Cunningham. They're going against a pretty static defense, so sit him. 
Yeah, that game could be about a nine to six game. Alshon Jeffrey, a lot of questions about him yesterday. Looks like he's going to be good to go this week. So there'll be at least uh, one one offensive weapon at the receiver position for Chicago this week. As uh, Eddie Royal looks like he's going to be out. Obviously, Kenny White uh, out for the year. So we'll have Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, Jersey was talking about Michael Floyd. It looks like he's going to be good to go here in week one. And Rand- Randall Cobb will play, but they're reporting he's less than 100%. What do you make of that? Well, still less than 100% on uh, Aaron Rodgers' offense. I would certainly roll with him. I don't think you're going to have a better option on your bench to replace him. All right, Rick. So let's uh, – I'm trying to – I got the chat room going here. We got lots going here. We're going to have to get you back in studio one of these days. Non-PPR wide receiver, Evans, V-Jax, or Marshall? Evans, V-Jax, and Marshall. One of these days. Good Lord. Well, you're galvanting around on the railroad thing. I was all by myself. I take one lousy day off, and you act like you've been alone for months. Oh, I'm exhausted over here, Ray, and horribly, horribly hungover. I think that's important to make note of as well. Well, that's normal. I mean, what's the big deal? <laughs> Good point. Well, I'm getting okay, older. So, so, so we have Marshall, B. Jax, and who? Evans. Evans. Okay. Um. Evans. Well, I tell you what, you know, normally, if, if, of course, this question wouldn't come along if, if Evans had a didn't have a hammy you know, issue. I don't like hamstrings, you know, especially when it's game time decisions. I mean, you could have a guy go out there, play, make one play, and he's done for the year or done for the game. And and I try, tend to stay away from that. As you know, I'm more cautious. Sometimes I get burned by that. The way I am, I'm going, to, I'm going to defer on Evans out of this trio. And I got to go with my man, Brandon Marshall. Yeah, I, I knew you would. That's your guy. That That's close for me. It, it really is. I, I love I love what Evans would bring. I'm so nervous about, about that hamstring, obviously. V-Jax, you would think, without Evans – could have a bigger game, but I just I don't know. My, my fear would be then Evans would, would show up, Evans would play. If I had to pick now, I think I'd agree with you. I'd go with Marshall. I'll tell you what, I'm real close on, on V-Jax. He's really slid down draft boards as well as, as Brandon Marshall. But I'm curious to see what Marshall's outlook is going to be there with New York. And I like the Ryan Fitzpatrick angle. If this was Geno, it would probably be a different conversation. But I'm going to agree with you. We also have, for a flex, Rick, Ivory or Andre Ellington? Give me Ellington. Well, you, you, that was a big old blast. What did you say there? Ellington, no doubt, it was in my mind. Uh, no doubt. I, I might lean Ivory. We are, we are providing no, no help to this chat room. Well, I mean, I, you know, I mean, for a guy that, that was bashing Ivory because you're, you're not, you're concerned about the Jets' offense. You're going against a stout Cleveland defense. We got Arizona going against New Orleans. In a flex position, I can see Ellington getting a lot of dump-off passes and some work. I, I just don't think it's even close to me. You know what? I you, you talked me into it the more I thought about it. I am so down on Ellington that it almost didn't matter who the other name was. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but, but I agree with you. I don't know if this was the PPR or the standard format, but I think either way, 
there's such a mess there in New York with just the amount, the volume of running backs up there, not knowing what the carries are. Sue Ellington's going to have at least a big role in the passing game. So, you know what, I'm going to back off there a little bit. Uh, I'll give you Andre Ellington there, at least for, for week one. I think it's probably a safer play. So, Rick, let's jump right into here. I think we're all caught up. Uh, 646-478-4679 if you want to talk to the show. Uh, Rick, how about uh, some starts and sits? You 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 pick. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, we were um, discussing – uh, some games here, and, and one one game that really hasn't been brought up are players. Let's put it that way. From a game is, is the Miami Washington game. I tell you what, you give me Ryan Tannehill all day long today. Yeah, I, I think uh, such a mess in Washington. That's just a disaster. A, a defense. I thought it was going to be a pretty good defense. I just wonder. This stuff. It's got to be so distracting. All this nonsense going on there in uh, in Washington. Tannehill. I like Jarvis Landry. I like Lamar Miller. I like. I like all my Dolphins. So, yeah, I'll be curious to see. A lot of people talking Jordan Cameron. I'm going to take more of a wait and see approach with him. I think, but uh, yeah, Tannehill. I think he's going to have a big game. I'll stick with uh, starting a quarterback. I know this makes you nervous, Rick. I know you hate the rickety knees, but Sam Bradford going up against Atlanta, What love what I've seen in the preseason in the Dome. This is going to be a shootout. Julio Jones, your boy Roddy White back healthy. There are going to be a lot of points scored here on the Atlanta side. I think you see the same thing, Philadelphia trying to keep up, and I think Sam Bradford puts up a big game on Monday night. Oh, I have to agree with you. I mean, yeah, I don't like his rickety knees, but it's week one. He's made it through the preseason, and he's healthy. So, uh, you know, roll roll with Sam Bradford until his knees blow out again. Absolutely. So we have here uh, in the chat room, I'm going back and forth between Bradshaw and Tannehill. Also, Jarvis Landry and Keenan Allen, standard league, six-point PD. So we're looking at, at Bradshaw, Tannehill, Jarvis Landry, Keenan Allen. Oh, okay. Bradshaw, Tannehill, Keenan Allen, and what was the other one? I think Bradshaw. I wonder if that was meant to be Bradford. I think. Uh, well, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I, was, uh, I don't think Terry's playing anytime soon here. But, uh, <laughs> I if he was. <laughs> I tell you so what, I love I love Ryan Tannehill, but I have to go with what you're saying with with uh, Bradford, and I think I'd roll with him. And I like Keenan Allen's matchup today. Um, to be honest with you, I know he's inconsistent as the weather, but you know, you know it's, it's San Diego's first game. They're going against Detroit. They don't have the Dominic and Sue any longer. I don't think it's the same defense. I think Phil Rivers, you know, who's notorious for getting fast starts in the season. I think he torches Detroit today, and uh, I like Keenan Allen. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm going to agree with you on Bradford 100%. They're making it tough on us this week, Greg. We both give a quarterback start, and that's the next question. Which one of those two do I start? So I love it. We're having that kind of year already. I'm going to disagree with you just a little bit. Keenan Allen's inconsistency scares me. I think Jarvis Landry is poised to become one of the top 12 to 14 wide receivers in fantasy football this year. Love what I've seen. He's the number one option in an offense that's gotten better. Jarvis Landry is a guy I absolutely love. It's the inconsistency with Allen. I think we can expect some consistency. And like we talked about, I love all my Dolphins here tonight, today versus Washington. In this, we talked about I'll take Bradford slightly over Tannehill, but give me Jarvis Landry with those wide receivers. So, Rick, how about you? 
let's sit. Why don't you sit a quarterback? Okay, uh, I tell you what, it, 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 it's tough to sit, and you know I'm not. And it depends on who you have on your bench. Okay, but I tell you what, I don't. I don't look for big numbers from Russell Wilson today against that St. Louis defense. Yeah, it's that's one I considered. It's you hate to. I don't know what your other option is going to be. Like you said, this is a guy you probably drafted in the third round. That being the case, unless you drafted a Bradford or someone of that ilk late, I don't think you consider it. But if you have somebody, a Bradford, that might be the guy that, that I would consider over him. It'd be tough. For me, Rick, kind of similarly, but uh, I think this may be obvious to some people. Other people aren't backing off. Cam Newton versus the Jags, Rick. Kelvin Benjamin out. I don't know what this offense is going to look like. You're going into a year with uh, unproven, untested, or really old (laughs) wide receivers. I think you're going to see them a big dose of the running game. And Cam Newton's a guy scares me going forward, but, but specifically this week. I'm thinking I may have a better option out there. Yeah, and you know, we were talking on the uh, fantasy sports show, kind of a little tipping in some of our uh, predictions. You know, we both uh, wouldn't be surprised if the Jags pulled an upset. And I, you know, with, with Benjamin out, we don't know how Funchess is going to react in the running game. You know, it's still Jonathan Stewart's job, and from what I've seen from Artis Payne, I think he will be the starter by week five. I'll stand by that. But right now, Carolina is not that impressive. Nah, I'm I'm taking a wait and see approach on on all Carolina Panthers, save for Greg Olson, of course. All right, Rick, how about uh, you start a running back? Start a running back. I will certainly do that. And the running back I'm going to start, and and it may surprise you, believe it or not. Are you ready? Oh, I'm I'm holding on to for dear life Jeremy, here, Rick. Jeremy. Okay, I you know I I love Latavius Murray this year. And I know people are a little, um, little dubious on him is, is starting him, but I mean, you know, he's pretty much clear cut RB two on most squads. But um, yeah, I think Oakland is going to surprise some people. They got a tough matchup against Cincinnati, and I think some people may be a little gun shy with him. But I tell you what, get him in there. I think he's a big back, and he's going to get the yards. Yeah, I agree with you. They sort of banged up already on that Cincinnati defensive line. Teams were able to run on Cincinnati last year. And I think the most important point you make, Latavius Murray, if if he can do what we expect, he's going to see the bulk of the carries. He's a true number one, which we don't see a lot of. I think he has a chance there. I I like I like what they the quarterback situation there in Oakland. I like what they bring in with Amari Cooper, but I think this is still going to be a run first offense, simplify the game for a quarterback like Carr, and I think Murray gets a ton of work. I said it on the uh, on the Fantasy Sports Network show, thought I was being bold, and now it seems like all the, all the, uh, the big-name guys, all the four, three- and four-letter network guys now agree with me, which means this is going to be the death nail. But I'm going to stick with it because I said on Wednesday, Rick, love Doug Martin this week against the Tennessee Titans. I hope I'm not buying into too much of what I saw in the preseason, but that kid was running hard. He was hitting the holes like 2012 Doug Martin and let's be honest Tennessee Titans are terrible in the matchup of rookie quarterbacks here right out of the gate I think you're going to see a lot of running and I like what I like the potential for Doug Martin this week yeah I mean I think with um two rookie quarterbacks I think it actually benefits Martin more because he's better than anybody Tennessee has 
and you know, as far as running backs go. So, I mean, I, I don't look for, you know, you can look for a big game from Martin for for that same reason, but I still don't look for a big game from Bishop Sankey. So, yeah, I agree with you. He is, he's been looking very good in preseason. I'm still a little skeptical on his consistency, but, you know, I hate to, to bounce off of Bob Lungs there, but, but truly, I mean, when he was healthy that one year, most of his points came in about six games. But if they can uh, settle down and establish a run-first offense, which they just might with a rookie quarterback, you can look for some big – he could be a great value this year. Let's let's put it that way. Yeah, six-round pick, uh, almost forgotten guy. He gained some traction there toward, towards the end, towards uh, draft week, with, with his, especially his uh, week three preseason game performance, but, but still a great value. All right, Rick, now let's uh, sit someone. We're sitting – didn't I just sit Russell Wilson? Oh no, I started Latavius Murray. I'm sorry. That. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you what, I'm I'm gonna sit and you know, I've never bought into the hype and, and some guys are still still believing in it. In fact I read articles in the preseason on how he's going to surpass Russell Wilson through his career. Yeah. Sit Colin Kaepernick. I, I don't believe in the guy, I don't believe in in the offense. And the Minnesota defense is pretty tough, and he just doesn't have many weapons around him, save Carlos Hyde, and I don't want anything to do with Kaepernick. I own him in nothing this year. Well, and, and that, that's good to know, Rick, and I agree 100%, but I would like you to sit a running back if you don't mind. Oh, well, you said sit somebody, so I sat a quarterback. <laughs> we got a thing going here, if you notice, a theme. We're going in order. I'll tell you another one that I'm not uh, uh, believing in too much. And, and I may get burned on this, but I just don't see Alfred Blue with a big game against Kansas City today. And I know everybody likes the backup of the big backs, you know, and, and they all remember, you know, how Ben Tate used to back up uh, Arian Foster. Well, now it's Alfred Blue's gig. And, you know, you know, 3.1 yards or whatever it was last year, and albeit it was limited, that wasn't all that impressive. They got a pretty good defense to go against Kansas City. And, you know, if you got a better option, I would sit Alfred Blue. Yeah, I agree. I have just seen nothing from him. You you bring up you, – you, you bring up – my mind just went blank here. But, but I, I agree. I got, I'm reading too many things. I agree 100%. I've seen nothing to set him apart. I've seen nothing that, that tells me <clears> – <throat> excuse me – that – I think they, they spread the ball around a little bit. I think we see a lot of DeAndre Hopkins today, if they can move the ball that way. I'm going to agree. Alfred Blue, that Kansas City defense, I think they can still play a little bit. Rick, I'm going to go with – we've got a ton of questions this week, and I had a lot of discussion last night in person with some friends about Isaiah Crowell. He's gaining some traction with, with Terrence West being traded. Duke Johnson's status still up in the air. You know, Wednesday we talked about he was expected to play and get a high volume of work. I, I saw something this morning in passing. I don't have it right in front of me. That they're, they're still not 100% what his role is going to be, and then having not played a lot in the preseason. That being said, Isaiah Crowell, if you want to get a ton of work, I, I still want nothing to do with it. That Nobody has established clearly – in the Cleveland running game since the the big Trent Richardson year a, a few years ago. Offensive line a little bit, but a really good Jets defense. Got a lot of Crowell questions over the last couple of days, and I'm still recommending to stay away. Yeah, and I, I just have to assume if you have Crowell that you probably got him, what, at least as an RB3. So I, I, I'm just – 
you know, I wouldn't be ready to jump on him against that Jet defense as all of a sudden he's my RB2 guy. I would roll in week one with your, you know, the two guys you had and uh, just wait and see with Crowell. All right, so let's hop on. Uh, we'll start a wide receiver. Start a wide receiver. Okay, we will certainly do that. And I'll tell you what, you know, Jersey brought him up. I, I'm starting Roddy White. I know that's, you know, normally in years past that was, you know, just a no-brainer, but there's been a lot of injury problems with him the last couple of years, and people have given up on him because he's about 31, 32 years old. still think he's got some gas in the tank. He's extremely talented. He's big. He's got a great quarterback. He's got Julio Jones on the other side, and uh, I think Roddy White's going to have a good game today. Yeah, uh, probably the least surprising news I've ever heard that you're on uh, you're on Roddy White, but I agree. That game's just going to be an absolute shootout. I mentioned him already, Rick. I'm not going to break break it down too much. Probably a guy you drafted at a minimum, but Jarvis Landry's a guy I got my eyes all over. I'm playing him in some daily leagues. Really high on Jarvis Landry with that mess there in Washington. I expect big things out of the Dolphins and for Landry particularly. So let's hop over. Uh, let's sit a wide receiver, Rick. Okay. Uh, we will sit a wide receiver. You know, it, it, there's one guy that I really never have really liked because of his consistency problems and his attitude. But i tell you what, I like Pierre Garçon today, but I don't like Deshaun Jackson against that Miami defense. You may get a, a splash in the pan, but I don't think he's going to get a lot of looks. And um, yeah, I just th- I just think in week one I don't think you want to have him in there. Yeah, he's always so tough, Rick, because you know he's not going to be a volume guy. You know they're not they're only going to look his way five or six times, and you're counting on the big play. He's intriguing with the with the quarterback situation there. I'd like Kirk Cousins to Deshaun Jackson as a hookup better than I liked RG three. But I agree. I think I have better options out there, more consistent, safer options than Deshaun Jackson. In a flex, I don't mind plugging him in if I if I need a splash guy. Because look, you could come out of Sunday, you could come out of today with a stat three catches for 120 in the touchdown. It's still a good game, even in a PPR form. At the same time, you could have the three catches for 47 yards and no touchdowns, and he crushed you there, especially in a standard format. So. Agree. I'll tell you what, Rick. I am struggling for a wide receiver to sit. I guess this may sound too obvious, but Sammy Watkins going up against the Colts. I think he could be an intriguing option just because you expect the Colts to score a lot. Buffalo trying to keep up. Watkins that number one option, but until I see exactly who Tyrod Taylor is and what that offense is going to look like, yeah, how much downfield work is Taylor going to see or is he going to be more of a the read option Colin Kaepernick type of guy I'm taking a wait and see on Sammy Watkins until until I know what that offense is oh I agree in fact you know save with Sean McCoy I'm not high on anybody from Buffalo I agree 100 percent even in week one is is a the, the number one guy on a team you know, I like to know that I have a decent quarterback throwing to somebody. And, um, you know, Buffalo, you just don't know that yet. Right. And and I think Taylor intrigues me. And, again, another another trading kid. I wonder if I was so starved for football all these preseason games and watch him go up against a terrible Steelers defense and look like a legitimate quarterback. I wonder if that's in my head. That's why I want to take a step back. 
All right, Rick, I need to get caught up in the chat room here as I try to scan back through. We have a touchdown only league. I've never – I think that would be fun. I might, We might have that sometime. Need a flex from – we're going to – we're going to throw Aguilar out. So, touchdown only, Chris Ivory or Duke Johnson? Give me Duke Johnson. Really? <laughs> we're gonna, and, we're gonna... um, yeah, I mean, to me, it's a, it's a toss-up. And, um, you know, I say Duke Johnson only because of uh, the you – know, just the goal line factor. And, um, you know, I, I, I can see Ivory being in there, but you can see Bill Powell. I mean, to me, it's they're so similar. Strong defenses and real iffy offenses, and I mean, you know, you, to me, you can flip a coin for either one of them, and I'm not going to argue. But to me, I think I would just go with Duke Johnson. You know, maybe getting some red zone touches. All right, and then we have a PPR flex: Roddy White or Shane Vereen. I think I know where you're going here. No, I'm all over Roddy White today, buddy. Yeah, I'm going to agree there. I'm, again, I hate to keep saying this, but it's week one, so I think I can uh, I, I can get back. <laughs> a good question from Scott in the chat room. Did Chris Ivory kick your dog or something, Rick? You have picked against Chris Ivory at every turn. Actually, um, you know, Ivory was actually my first guy, and you talked me out of him on the Randall Hyde Ivory one. And so, so I think I think you were the cause of it to start with. And uh, if Scott wants to pick on somebody, he can pick on you when he comes on. <laughs> well, I, I'm certain he will. But uh, all right, Ray, what were we talking about? Uh, I don't know, but I'm going to have to run here. So let's get through the predictions, old buddy. All right, so we got to. I guess you got to to work. So let's pick some games. Let me slide up, find the schedule here. E at Buffalo. I got Indianapolis all over Buffalo. I'm going 34-16. Yeah, I'm with you, Indy Big. I, I won't pick all the scores here, but I think Indy by by two scores. Green Bay at Chicago. Okay, I won't either. Green Bay all over that crummy defense. Yeah, I think that's going to be a three-score game. I, I just don't see any way, even with Jordy Nelson out, bad defense, lacking lacking wide receiver depth on offense. I think Chicago could be in for a long season and a long day, certainly, against that Green Bay offense. KC at Houston. I think this is going to be a very close game. Um, but, you know, just coming out of the block, I'm going Kansas City. All right, so we have uh, – oh, I got to pick it. I, I like Houston. I, I like them at home. I like the J.J. Watt factor on defense. I'm real curious. This is a game I'm looking forward to, to see how Macklin fits into that offense, how they use him. Is Kelsey the guy everyone's telling us he is? And, of course, we, we all know the running back situation there. But I like this Houston defense, and until I see – this Kansas City offense, uh, do what, what it should be able to do with those named players. I'm going to roll Houston here. Carolina, Jacksonville. And we talked about it before. I'm looking for Jacksonville to upset them. I think Jacksonville is going to surprise some people this year. And uh, I think Carolina is going to be the first one they get surprised by them. I, I agree with you, Rick. Uh, love Blake Bortles, like what they've done on offense there. Yeah, curious to see the running back situation. Uh, Carolina, good defense. Offense makes me nervous. I agree. I think Bill wins this one at home. Cleveland at the Jets. I'll tell you what, if you give me about 9 6, I'll take the Jets. Yeah, I agree. I will go with the Ryan Fitzpatrick factor. Unfortunately, I, when, when in doubt, look for the best quarterback, and somehow that became Ryan Fitzpatrick. I agree in a, in a close, ugly one. Seattle at St. Louis. Big, real fun game here. 
Yeah, another nine-sixer by the looks of it to me. I mean, you know, St. Louis plays their division rivals very tough, and they got one of the best defenses in football, same with Seattle. I think, you know, this could be like a, a three- to five-point game. I'm I'm going uh, Seattle. Yeah, I think in a close one, I'll go Seattle as well. The the tipping point for me, I, I'd lean St. Louis. I might have picked St. Louis on the fan earlier in the week, but being down to Benny Cunningham in that running game makes me nervous. And that Exactly. Difference. Needs to establish a run, so I'll go with uh, Seattle in a close one. Miami at Washington. Yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah, I think Miami's all over Washington, period. I think yeah. it's a huge score game. All right, I agree with you there. Uh, New Orleans at Arizona. This is an interesting game. Yeah, this is an interesting game. And, um, you know, it would be interesting to see what the the Cardinal offense is going to look like with Palmer back and uh, and that kind of thing. And i like to see what, what Ellington has. Um, but we also talk about Drew Brees and his weapons without Jimmy Graham and so forth. I think it's going to be a close game. And I'm going, uh, I'm going Cardinals in a very close game, first first game of the year. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the Arizona defense tips this a little bit. Arizona should be able to move the ball a little bit and score enough to keep up. Arizona holds Drew Brees it reasonably in check as much as you can do with Drew. Arizona wins that one at home. Detroit at San Diego. I like San Diego at home. I, um, the, I don't think Detroit defense is quite the same. And, um, you know, San Diego at home plays tough. It's going to be warm. It's going to be nice. And I like Phil Rivers, especially early in the year. So I'm going to San Diego. I'm going to go Detroit here. So many offensive weapons. you got Megatron. you got Golden Tate. Curious to see what happens with Abdullah and Bell and all these running backs. I think there's enough offense there. I'm not sold on San Diego, so I'm going to go Detroit here. Baltimore at Denver. I think this is uh, going to be a close game to start off with, but I think uh, Peyton Manning factor takes over and uh, they pull away at the end. I'm going Denver. Yeah, I think uh, the time of year, this is when you get uh, the, the fresh, rested, in the warm weather Peyton Manning. I think it's going to be too much. I'm uh, real curious about Baltimore, though. Looking forward to this game. What Forsett's role is going to be? Do they, you know, are we back to Wacko for Flacco in that air show trying to keep up with a, with a Denver? Curious, but I, I agree. I like the Broncos. Cincinnati at Oakland. You know, I like Oakland at home, and I think they're going to be a much improved team, but I think Cincinnati's the better team, so I'm going to Bengals. Uh, I like Oakland at home. I hate even, even in one where you have a little more time. I hate that travel across the country. I think Oakland's improved. I like Oakland by a field goal. Tennessee at Tampa Bay, battle of rookie QBs. Yeah, this is this is a tough one here. And, uh, you know, I'm going Tennessee in a mild upset to me just for the simple reason. I just think uh, a Dick LeBeau defense is going to confound a, a rookie quarterback, and I'm going a real squeaker with Tennessee. I'm not. I, I agree. Dick LeBeau just tortures rookie quarterbacks. I'm not certain he has the horses to do it here. I like Tampa Bay at home. I think. But what, what it comes down to me, I think all things being equal, I don't know <laughs> right now that the difference between the two rookie QBs. All things being equal, a much better uh, running back situation for Tampa Bay. So I'm going to go with the Buccaneers at home. Giants at Dallas, a game that's probably going to be played in the 40s. Yeah, it should be. Take the over. I'm going Dallas. Uh, in a close game, I think the last team scores wins, and I'm going Dallas. Yeah, I, I like Dallas at home as well there. Hop over to Monday night. Philadelphia at Atlanta, another shootout potential. Yeah, another shootout. I tell you what, I like – I, you know, I keep saying, you know, I want to see – you know, we're going to see some improvements and a bounce back by Atlanta and everything. But, uh, you know what, they've been bad for a couple of years, and I think Philadelphia's a better team. I'm going Philadelphia. 
Yeah, I agree. Atlanta, really not a strong home team. Uh, some, something we've discussed. They struggle at home. So I agree. Philadelphia, a little too much offense. And a snooze fest, a game you will not see one minute of as it starts after 10 p.m., Rick. Minnesota at San Francisco. No, I will not. But I tell you what, I do like this Minnesota team this year. And I think uh, Minnesota goes to San Francisco and wins. All right. I'm, I'm going to agree. I like Minnesota, San Francisco, a real, real disaster. Curious to see Car- curious to see Carlos Hyde. That's the one guy I'll be watching there and is Bridgewater the guy we thought he was. So that wraps it up, Rick. I guess you got to get back to uh, doing whatever it is you're doing, your community service. I assume you have to get that obligation in before months end. So we'll let you get back to that. All right. I appreciate it, Rick, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Take care, buddy. All right. I got a couple callers on the line here. I believe this odd-looking one, we'll see. Uh, let's hit this. Uh, Scott, is that you, buddy? I don't know. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I got loud and clear, so that was you. How you doing this week? Oh, I'm doing awesome, doing awesome. I, I disagree, though. That that game is not going to be a snooze fest. It's going to be awesome watching the Vikings go 19-0 this year. 19 and 0 you say well i figure uh i figure you know we got a few easy wins uh down the line that that nfc north you know the the packers the lions they're just gonna roll over (laughs) you buy all this uh teddy bridgewater has become the new darling and i love what i saw out of the kid last year is he good enough? Is this guy a turnaround a guy who can turn around a franchise when you add in the likes of an adrian peterson Absolutely. I don't think he's a, a franchise Aaron Rodgers, but he's a ridiculous accurate, like uh, 75% accurate. I think last year, uh, the final six games, he was uh, number one in red zone accuracy, number one in under pressure accuracy, number three in deep ball accuracy, passes past 15 yards. And he was QB 11 over that six games. And in the preseason, he was number one in red He's uh, that. Those kind of numbers, I mean, you can't teach that. He's just going to, he's gonna, you know, keep the game under control and uh, not lose his cool. I think he's a, a franchise quarterback, but he's not like your uh, your Mannings or your Rodgers, but he's, he's going to be a stud. Yeah, he's one guy. We Rick and I talked uh, probably several weeks ago now when, when he was playing at Louisville. I, I had an opportunity here in Pittsburgh at a pit game. I, w- I was on the sideline. I got on the sideline for that game as he did a truck just destroyed destroyed my panthers and i'm not a x's and o's a breakdown a player draft kind of guy you know that you just look at a guy and they know they got the it factor and that that's the best analysis i can give a teddy bridgewater watching him at 15 feet in front of me the kids just got it he's he's cool he's calm all the plays he commands everything he's just he's got the it factor that's my brilliant football analysis of teddy bridgewater yeah, I like it. It says a lot, though. I mean, that that it factor is what separates champions from, uh, you know, journeymen. All right. Well, it looks like we got a call on the line. I've had him on hold for quite a while here. Let's jump right to that. Sorry about that. Area code 860. Good morning. Hey, how you doing, Rick? You're Dean from All right. Connecticut. Hey, Dean. How's the Silomite of the Year, Dean from Connecticut? How's it going today? Yeah, man. It's an obligatory call. I got a oh, call. I got <laughs> I mean, I I just miss. I should have called in earlier because finally get Rick's input, but he's gone. But because uh, both of you guys are talking about both these players, I'm looking at a PPR flex spot, and I know you're high on Landry, but who would you guys who would you 
start, uh, Latavius Murray or Landry? Ooh, that's tough. Uh, Scott, why don't you start off? I, I can think about that. I'd start Latavius Murray. I'm guessing it's PPR, right? Um, Murray's probably going to be the three-down back. I know he could get some work, and I know I know that other backs could get some work, but uh, Cincinnati was just abysmal against the run last year. I think they were 27th or 28th against uh, fantasy running backs. I would take my shot at Latavius having a big day and uh, getting several catches. If Parker does end up playing for Miami, there could be a lot of uh, – a lot of balls to go around. We don't know exactly if Landry's role is going to be exactly the same as it was last year either. I like Landry a lot, but I'd rather take the upside of Murray. Yeah, I think uh, I'll agree with that. I, well, I'm all over Landry th- this week and going forward, quite frankly. You don't know, is that offense enough to support all the, the, these trade picks we, we have going there? Davius Murray's going to see the ball a ton today. Passing game, running, running game. Cincinnati's terrible. I hate that those East Coast teams traveling over to Oakland, even in week one. I agree. As a volume play, I like Latavius Murray, just, just by a hair for me. Wow. This, this may be surprising to you, but guess what Washington was against fantasy wide receivers last year? I, I couldn't guess. Really? Wow. That, that surprises me. I would never guessed that in a million years. Wow. Okay. I, I thought for sure you guys were going to say Landry. Yeah, I <laughs> I don't, you know, I look at Washington and think, oh, yeah, Miami could just roll over them, pass all over them. But I'm looking at the stats from last year, and, you know, take that with a grain of salt. It's a different year. There's some new personnel everywhere. But uh, that's more impressive than I thought. Okay, well, thanks a lot, guys. And hope everything goes good today. All right, good luck. Thanks for calling in, Dean. Good to talk to you. We'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. All right, make sure I hang up on the right one. Got going on here. Uh, Rick, you're not Rick, you're Scott. We had a couple in the uh, chat room I wanted to get to. Uh, do we think Marcus Mariota is going to go to Laney Walker this year? I, I do, Scott. I think in, all, all things being equal, when times get tough for a, for a rookie quarterback, they tend to lean on the tight end. And Walker, good hands, a solid tight end. I, I expect big things from Walker this year. Yeah, and uh, I think after Justin Hunter or uh, Kendall Wright drops several balls like they're prone to, uh, he might just have to go to the reliable hand. I, I don't see why he would uh, turn away from Walker. Yeah, and they're going <clears> to <throat> struggle in the running game, I think, with Bishop Sankey and that mess down there. So I think good, nice, solid to lean on. And uh, speaking of Kendall Wright, Allen Robinson, Eric Decker, or Kendall Wright? PPR. Uh, I mean, Allen Robinson. Yep, PPR. I see. Allen Robinson is where I would lean on that one. I just think he's going to be a target hog for the Jaguars. I know that the Carolina matchup isn't uh, the best. I can't remember where Carolina finished last year against uh, wide receivers, but I think Allen Robinson is going to be a target hog today, so I would take that. Yeah, I agree. This is a kid I like going forward, too. I like what I've seen out, seen out of Bortles. I believe we had one more up there, a non PR flex, Andre Johnson or Carlos Hyde? Oof, oof. I'll take. I I don't know. Honestly, I think I'll take any Colts wide receiver right about now. Uh, I yeah. think Andre Johnson went there specifically to uh, to win a Super Bowl and put up some crazy Andrew Luck uh, created numbers. So I think he'll want his first game to be a nice one. 
Yeah, and I've said this a lot today, and it's a cop out. I'm taking a wait and see on Carlos Hyde and Andre Johnson. We know what his role is going to be, especially in a non yard. I think I don't know how heavy his targets are going to be, but you know when they go his way, he's going to make the play and maybe even get lucky, and he does something he didn't like to do too much and finds the end zone. You know, this is a really fair question considering it's non-PPR and uh, the Colts do play the Bills at Buffalo, which makes it a lot. It's not a slam dunk like it, it would be most weeks, I would think, but uh, I'm with you on Hyde. I'm kind of waiting to see on him right now. Everything you see, uh, the kids should have it. I, it just might be such a disaster out of there. So before we get to the mailbag, Scott wanted to uh, give you a chance to plug. You've got a new show uh, you put together, and we're running it here on the Asylum Fantasy Sports Network, the Bull Rush Podcast. Yeah, I, I wish I could take credit. Uh, Ty Miller is, uh, is the mastermind behind it, and Frank, uh, Dynasty Frank, those two boys uh, really – did all the did all the deciding to bring this together. I'm on it. Uh, I should be able to make a lot of shows. They're bending over backwards to uh, to get me on the show. I have a rough schedule for that. But the Bull Rush Podcast on the Asylum Sports Network, uh, it's it's awesome. <laughs> we only we only go about thirty or so minutes, thirty to forty minutes, and uh, we add a lot of comedy. And uh, it, it's kind of like I, I've been told when you listen, it's it's kind of like just having having a beer with some friends talking at the bar, and like you're just one of us, you know. So uh, if you like that kind of atmosphere with some fancy advice, uh, advice you should listen up. Yeah, really. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm all hung over here, Scott. I can't lie, but uh, uh, it's it's a lot of fun involved. Where you're not just you're not just uh, throwing stats at everybody, which, which I've always been morally opposed to. Good fantasy content, but you have a lot of fun. Ty, really good on the microphone. Uh, Dynasty Frank, if you're not following him on Twitter, well, it's is it at Dynasty Frank? Is that his uh, Twitter handle? Just a hilarious. It it's a He's fun a man after your own heart. He is. He he, he uh, says what's on his mind, and I like that. So a guy I like following and enjoy that. So, oh, and uh, I guess we're we're officially underway. Scott Fishbowl three sixty. I uh, just wanted to congratulate you again on that. That is so impressive. Such a huge undertaking, and uh, it, it rolls in earnest today. Let the trash talk begin. I think maybe we can get that SFB three sixty trending again. Yeah, I I bet we could if uh, if we gave it a nice concerted effort. I'll be updating some of it all day today as usual and uh it's yeah it's just huge getting huge i, lo- I love that thing i i wish the name could be different though i, I was going to call it the fishbowl but for some reason fishbowl.com fishbowl.net all of those were taken so <laughs> yeah put yourself over you're putting a lot of work you get yourself uh get your name out there anyhow yeah might as well <laughs> All right, well, let's jump into the mail. Oh, we only got a half hour left here, but this is going quick today. Need a flex in the PPR, Woodhead, Bolden, or Harvin? Ooh, well, I I wouldn't take I wouldn't take Holden or Harvin. I don't know what Tyrod Taylor is going to do today, and I don't know how well that Buffalo offense is going to run. But I figured that they're going to run a lot, uh, so it's between Bolden. I'm sorry, what was the running back? Danny Woodhead. Danny Woodhead? You know what? I'm going to take Bolden. He's, he's the safe one. Uh, I think Woodhead could get could get a decent amount of action today in that San Diego-Detroit game, but Detroit's defense was pretty stout last year. I'll take Bolden against the Vikings. I, I think he's 
one of those guys that's going to be safe for, you know, five for 70 or whatever. Uh, so this is where we we need the old man for a tiebreaker here. I, I agree with what you said in terms of Bolden being the safe play. I, I do like that. And if you're looking for safe, if you're looking to take a risk, if you if you've got a tough matchup, maybe if you've already faced Gronk and you've got some points to make up, I'm going to lean Woodhead here. I hate what I've seen from Melvin Gordon, and, and I talked with uh, <clears throat> with Bob Lung on his show on the network here on on Thursday night, just what these rookie running backs, the ADP so high. And, and in my opinion, just such wasted picks is that we've got injuries. They, they have a value. Yeldon, I believe the only one's even playing or expected to, well, I guess Melvin Gordon's going to start. I just expect him to stink quite frankly, hate what I've seen from him in the preseason. I think he's going to get a good shot, but I wonder is this offense not just to have to run through dead until Gordon gets rolling. So I think he's the, play i like to take the risk i might go that way but if you're playing it safe if you're playing it conservative i'll agree with bolden there i think woodhead in a ppr specifically could have a really big week yeah you said that perfectly i i agree with everything there and gordon gordon's gonna be a two down back i mean woodhead will be in there on third down and in the preseason they did show him in on the goal line so yeah i i i can see that i that is a very close one all right. Uh, this uh, emailer says he didn't think about this when he was drafting, but Romo or Eli, that, that's an interesting one. You don't usually have quarterback questions in week one. Yeah, especially when they play each other. And that matchup, uh, generally I think the final score is about 75 to 72 every time they play. So <laughs> Conservatively, uh, yes. Yeah, conservatively. Uh, whew. That is that's really tough. I think I'm going to lean you. Or uh, sorry, lean Romo here. I, I'm going to take the home team in that one. I uh, I love Eli, but uh, this year, but uh, I think Romo is going to cause uh, less turnovers probably. Even though Eli was good last year, that was like the only year he's been good at, <laughs> you know, keeping the ball under wraps. So give me Romo. Yeah, I I think at home, Des Bryant, Eli's got Odell Beckham. You never see games until two minutes or less left in the fourth quarter where Romo just throws up all over himself. For 58 minutes, he's very consistent. You know what you're going to get. Eli, well, he's really gotten some love this offseason. And I've bought into a little bit with those weapons he has around him. You bring in a Vereen. Obviously, you have Odell Beckham. Victor Cruz will be out. We expected a healthy Cruz. Unfortunately, he can't seem to get healthy. But Eli, he's always a wild card. You just, every once in a while, you get that that bit of bad Eli. He, get, he gets the turnovers. He gets the yips, whatever you want to call them. In this case, I think Romo's a safe bet. I think they both have a big game. You probably don't go wrong either way, but I'll take Tony Romo. So uh, we need an RB2 in standard. I assume that's non or it is a PPR. Help me with my RB2 in standard. It is PPR. I don't know what that is. So I will go with PPR. <laughs> Ivory, Gore, or Ellington? We know how Rick would feel about Ivory, so Ivory, Gore, or Ellington? Yeah, I I, I may be on uh, on an island here, but I love Ellington today. I love uh, I love his matchup against New Orleans, who was dreadful against running backs last year. I think Ellington uh, could be a big PPR back. I've always wanted to limit him and, and his touches, but he can still do it. When he's been healthy... Uh, he's put up giant numbers. It's it's when he's been dinged up or when he's been uh, you know when he's been dinged up that he hasn't. Give me Ellington. I 
Man, I, I like I kind of like any of those options, really. Uh, especially, I do like Ivory, but every single one of these that you mentioned, it feels like I'm going against Ivory. Yeah, it's it's close. I think he's right on the outer fringes. I'm going to agree in this case in a PPR, and I hate Ellington, but but you guys are are talking me into him today, and I've read so much this week. I think if he's healthy, we, we've seen what he can do. I'm. You know, they talk about Frank Gore being on this pitch count. I think this Buffalo defense is tough. I think you're going to come out. You're going to showcase Andrew Luck. Hey, obviously, I think Gore a, a good a good shot at finding the end zone. But I'm just not sure. I, I think we might have gone overboard on Frank Gore. I, I know Rick has. He, he's all in on Frank Gore. You and I running back against Buffalo though. I mean, that's rough. Exactly, and, and uh, he's going to be on a pitch count. It's going to be tough. You've got Rex Ryan now in what was already a good defense. So I think in this case, you, you know what you're going to get from Ellington. They're going to try to get him the ball in space. They're going to have to get him the ball in space. So I like that. And Ivory just just barely on the outside. If I rank these, it'd be Ellington, Ivory, Gore. I, I think I have Gore last yep. on this list. Yep, me too. Same order. All right. So we need to pick three of these in a PPR. So this must be a long list here. We got Fitzgerald. Ruben Randall, Mike Wallace, Eric Decker, or Funches? Fitzgerald, Randall, Funches. What was the middle one? Uh, Wallace and Decker. Oh, man. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, a stack of mediocrity here, too. They must have gone uh, <laughs> running back heavy. I, I don't know how you get in this position. Either that or this should be your RB5, really. Um, I'm <laughs> And he just needs one? He needs three of these. That's what tells me this is his entire uh, running back core, or receiver core, I mean. What happened to this guy? Man, I feel bad for him. Well, I'm going to take Ruben Randall on a high upside flyer risk because uh, Victor Cruz is out and that Dallas New York Giants game is going to have a ton of scoring. I'm going to take Fitz. I know I shouldn't, but Fitz with Carson Palmer in. It is a pretty dang good option, uh, has been in the past. And uh, I'm trying to remember how good New Orleans – New Orleans was 27th against the pass last year. So give me Fitz and Randall. And I think I'm going to take a flyer on Funches. I mean, who else is Carolina going to throw to today? And it's the Jacksonville defense. Um, I, I don't hate Wallace or Decker. It's just I think those other three are higher upside. Yeah, let's see. As I go through it, I agree with Fitzgerald. I just I can't quit Fitzgerald. I don't remember what that movie that was from. I can't quit you. I can't quit him. It's burnt me more than it's it's helped me in the last couple of years. I agree. You get Carson Palmer back. The kid, well, he's not a kid anymore. He's he's an incredible incredible talent at the position. Best hands I've ever seen personally in person, so I, I can't give it up. I can't move off of it. I did from uh, Minnesota, so that helps. What's that? I said, and Fitzgerald's from Minnesota, so that helps. Oh, well, that's right. So that half a point there as well. That's always the tiebreaker. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll agree as well, Ruben Randall. I think this game it has to be a total shootout. It always is with Victor Cruz out. Ruben Randall's the guy basically running in one-on-one as they try to find some way to bracket and slow down Odell Beckham. <clears throat> so I think Ruben Randall gets a lot of choices there. Yeah, Wallace makes me nervous. Eric Decker, the number two guy in the Jets offense. It, it has to be Funches. You, you, hope, you hope he's Kelvin Benjamin. That's what you hope. With Benjamin out, we had question marks about 
Benjamin coming in. You know, now you hope Funches can be that guy. It, it, who else? Who else is to be to your point outside of Greg Olson, Jonathan Stewart? You, you can't give him the ball twenty-five times, or he'll be done for the season. So I agree. I think if you've got to take a flyer there, I, we're going to go in lockstep on this one. Funches, it, Funches is intriguing. He he looks like Calvin Benjamin. He plays like Calvin Benjamin. I'm just curious if, if the results will be there. I, I was excited to see those two together. Quite frankly. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I would have liked to see those big trees and just may, maybe have uh, all three Greg Olson and those two big trees run down the middle and Camden just throw it up 500 ball like when we were kids. <laughs> yeah, just, just fling it up. First one to bring it down. I like it. So, <laughs> tight end question. Owen Daniels or Jordan Cameron? That's tough. Owen Daniels? Cameron. Oof. Wow, I know that uh, CS loves his Owen Daniels. But you know what? Give me Jordan Cameron. I goes against everything I believe about Peyton loving that tight end. But I think Jordan Cameron, I think they signed him to a big deal. I think that he wants to reprove himself down in Miami. I think he gets into the end zone today. I, oof, yeah, give me Jordan Cameron. But, man, that is close. Yeah, yeah, this one's so tough. I think I'm going to lean with you on Cameron based on this. Look, I didn't watch every snap of every Denver preseason game. But did, and maybe, maybe it's a veteran. Does it feel like they just hadn't worked Daniels into the offense the way? I think you kind of knew, even the rookie year, you knew Julius Thomas was going to be the guy. You knew he was going to have a big role. To this point, I haven't seen anything from Owen Daniels that tells me he's going to fill that role. I, logically, I think he's going to because that's what Peyton Manning does especially in the red zone, but I haven't seen anything yet or heard anything yet that tells me that's going to be the case. Yeah, that's, that is very true. Um, it could be that Owen Daniels has been in the NFL for, I think, 45 years now. So maybe they're going easy on him in the preseason. But, yeah, that is true. We have not seen it. So and, and then you look at Jordan Cameron, nice fit in that offense. They obviously like to use Charles Clay in, in the red zone. I'll be curious. I think, to your point in this matchup, I agree. I, I like Jordan Cameron. And for the reason that they're going to use him in the red zone, he, he's going to be a, the, a big red zone target. What I'm curious is, is between the 20s, what, what we see from Jordan Cameron. Does he fill that that big tight end, that Wilson, that uh, Gronk to a degree, those type of those type of tight ends who are going to be a primary focus in the passing game outside of the red zone. That's not what I'm sure of. We saw that for one year in Cleveland. More injuries than anything else backed him off. I'm curious to see what Jordan Cameron's going to be in this offense. Yeah, uh, anything to do with the Miami offense, I I feel like I feel like it's all a huge question mark until we actually see the game. Like you said, it's uh, there's just so many places for Tannehill to throw the ball, which you would think would be good for Tannehill, but we don't even know that that's going to be good yet. So uh, <laughs> you do you do like the laser offense from uh, Philly though, and you, you can you can imagine that there's going to be a lot of points scored and a lot of uh, a lot of offense. So we're hopeful at this point. Yep, that's all we can do. We just hope. So, should I sit Alshon Jeffrey for either Michael Crabtree or Pierre Garçon? Oof, Michael Crabtree or Pierre Garçon. And who's the one who's got starting now? He's got Alshon Jeffrey. 
Ah, no, I can't do it. If he's practicing and he says he's going to play, I I gotta imagine in a in a division rivalry game he's going to give it a go. Um, I think he was probable last I saw. So I don't think I I don't think unless we hear something closer to game time that he's really limping limping out there. That I don't think I could take him out. Yeah, they actually came out this morning and said Jeffrey was going to be a go. They've already announced it, so that's good news. Uh, certainly not Crabtree. Garcon's intriguing a little bit with with the quarterback change there in Washington. For a, They didn't say if this was a PPR format or not. I think he's going to see a ton of targets. But And Alshon Jeffrey scares me with the health. You got the whole Jay Cutler issue. You can never, uh, he's got a big time Jay Cutler problem, which there's not a lot he can do about. I agree. He's the only weapon there. Who else is it? Even even Eddie Royal is a 50 50 go. You might not even have a guy the level of Eddie Royal on the other side, <laughs> which, yeah. which is, says a ton. He scares me. I'm just not on Jeffrey as a lot of folks are but in this list in that offense if he's healthy ready to go I don't have the guts to, to pull him out now if he uh if he has two or three bad games and I'll hop back on the air and say how I said all preseason how I didn't like Sean Jeffrey but for right now I, I just don't have the guts to do it yeah you have to have some pretty a pretty big pair to pull, uh, pull uh Alshon Jeffrey for Pierre Garcon right, yeah. right now yeah, I need yeah. a little more from Jeffrey, for a little more statement that he's uh, really hurt. So if he was if he was questionable and not probable, I would consider it more. Yeah, yeah, that that they've reported early on Sunday morning he's going to be good to go. He must be more than good to go. It looks like we got a call on the line. I'm going to jump over to that area code eight one two. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? All right. How's it going? It's going well. Football season. Yeah, thank God. We lose you there? No, I'm still here. Sorry. Oh, yeah. What, what can we help you with? Oh, this is Colin, uh, first-time caller, first-time listener. Enjoying the show nope. so far. Appreciate it. Good to have you. Well, I just wanted to call and tell you guys you're doing a great job, and I'm looking forward to your fantasy advice. All right. Well, we appreciate it. Uh, keep, keep a lot. Yeah, we, we don't get that very often. We get a lot of calls telling yeah. us we stink. <laughs> Well, if you want, I'll hang up. I'll call back and do that again if you want. <laughs> it would make you feel more comfortable. Uh, well, we'll assume you'll grow to hate us, so we can save you the phone call. We definitely appreciate it. Keep listening, and uh, if you need anything, give us a call back. Yeah, thanks, thanks guys. All right, take care. All right, well, boy, that's disconcerting, Scott. I don't know how to handle that, and Rick's not even going to believe me when that happens. Although, <laughs> no. you notice – <laughs> Rick's gone, and we get compliments. So it might be something to think about here. Yeah, let's mark that down. And, uh, he'll never, well, you'll have to play this back for him. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to. He probably didn't know how to play the show, so I'll probably have to do it for him. All right, of course, my email just uh, went down. We had a couple more here and about 15 minutes left, so just perfect. Ellington, or here he is again, Ellington in a PPR. A lot of Ellington or Gordon, I, yeah. I don't really have that close today. I don't trust Gordon as far as I can throw him, and I can probably only throw him about 30 or 40 feet. Yeah, I'm, and I'm that's probably trust. about always – that 30 or 40 feet is probably about always going to run for today too, so I agree. Cool. I, 
such high hopes for this kid, but it's just been a disastrous preseason to this point. So until I see otherwise, yeah, this is easily Ellington for me, and I, I'm not as big a guy as you are. Now, here's an interesting one in a PPR, TJ Yeldon, Jonathan Stewart, or Alfred Blue? Ooh, well, I don't, I don't trust Blue as much as most, honestly. Um, Yeldon and Stewart, ooh, let's see, they play each other, right? Carolina plays Jacksonville, so. Yes, Wow, let's see, how many series, how many drives will JC play before he gets injured is the real That's question. That's the problem here. <laughs> Um, I think I think I'm going to lean Jonathan Stewart because he had a lot of judging when healthy as the main back um, last year. I, I hope he continues to ride that much like Mark Ingram did last year. Um, that's that's a tough call, but I'm going to go Jay Stu. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to agree with you here. This is the time to get your value out of Jonathan Stewart, and the shame of this kid for his entire career. When healthy, when on the field, he 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 produced. He can get it done, and I think it's going to be a focus in this offense. We know at some point it could be before halftime today. It could be in week five or six. He's going to be out. He's going to be gone, and let the Cameron Artist Payne era begin. And I hope so because I got him stashed on a lot of benches. Not that I hope Stewart gets hurt. I just know he's going to get hurt. Yeldon, like what we've seen from from the rookie in, in limited work, but that's the issue for me. We really haven't seen much from Yeldon, like all these rookie running backs he's been banged up he's missed time so i'll take the safe bet i know we're going to get production out of stewart albeit in, in it for a short period of time here so let's take advantage of it now we have uh, here's your boy on your 19 and 0 vikings is <laughs> it is a kind of a silly question i don't know maybe you disagree is ryan fitzpatrick a better start over teddy bridgewater Ooh, i don't think so um, I I don't like that KC matchup as much as I like the 49er matchup. The 49ers, I think they had had put an ad in the local paper to get some defensive players for this year. So, give me Bridgewater. Uh, plus, it's always fun having a guy late on that Monday night game, especially if you're behind. <laughs> yeah, it gives you something to look forward to. Can Teddy Bridgewater score 48? <laughs> I find myself in that position a lot. I agree. Fitzpatrick... Fitzpatrick intrigues me. He He's a guy – I don't want him he, – he's one of those guys, I don't want him starting my team. But you pretty much know what the stat lines are going to look like at the end of the game if, if Bowles uses him in the role he's been used at other places. He's going to approach, if not eclipse, 300 yards. That's That's what he does. He's going to turn the ball over two or three times. He's going to kill some drives. He's going to take some sacks. He's going to find the end zone once. He's going to throw for 300 yards. I just don't know if that equates in. I think there's much more upside on a Teddy Bridgewater. And with Bridgewater, you could find some rushing yards. I think the, the weapons around him. I'm curious, what do you hear, Scott? What do you think, Scott? Are we going to go back to the old with Adrian Peterson being back and healthy where he's going to be 60% of the offense, 75%, 70% of the offense? Or is Bridgewater, are they going to run the offense similar to the way they did last year in the absence of Peterson? I'm curious how that all works out with the weapons they've put with Bridgewater and with Peterson, quite frankly. You know, it's really tough to talk because this is uh, Nor- Norville's first year with Peterson. Um, cause he didn't, well, I suppose he had one game last year. But uh, with Br- Bridgewater's progression, I think they're going to use that to their advantage. I think I, I wouldn't, and especially Bridgewater's ability to roll out, I would not, I would not doubt we see more play action today than uh, the Vikings generally run. 
just because we haven't really had a quarterback that can roll like Bridgewater and a running back that can run like Peterson at the same time. Uh, so I still like I still like Bridgewater's upside. I I think Peterson's going to be the bell cow, but I also think Peterson's going to catch more passes this year than he ever has, and that still helps Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you brought that because that's something I thought that one thing for all of Adrian Peterson being first when you walk in the door to the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame. Adrian Peterson. He's been the guy for so long. Never been a PPR type of guy. Never a lot of work out of the backfield. And you wonder with a guy like Bridgewater who rolls out, that opens up a lot of opportunities for Peterson. This could really be another step forward for a guy like Peterson, which is scary. Yeah. Can you imagine Adrian Peterson catching the ball in open space and getting ahead of steam going into one of those DPs or linebackers? I, I can see DBs just stepping out of the way and, and saying it's not worth it. Quite frankly, you go ahead. Honestly, think about this. Adrian Peterson has been pissed off for the last, what, you know, 12 months, basically. Do you want to be the first guy that tries to take him head on today? <laughs> Somebody's getting trucked. There's just, there's no question about it, playing with a, a lot of anger. And I like that my running back. So we got one in the chat room here. We have a non-PPR, a Mark Cooper or Brandon Marshall, he's already starting Latavius Murray in the flex. Okay. He's got Latavius in the flex, which I like. I, no, I like both of them. I like both of them a lot. Mark Cooper has, has uh, I think, a pretty decent PPR for us. Uh, but this being non-PPR? Mm. Oh, man. I'm trying to look at the uh, look at the matchup for the Jets. Oh yeah, it's Cleveland. You know what? Still give me Amari Cooper. I think I think that uh, Derek Carr in college he targeted he targeted uh, Devontae Adams like nothing else. He just had complete tunnel vision. I can see that happening again today. I can see Amari Cooper getting like 10, 12, 13 targets. I think he has a decent shot of getting in the end zone, too. Amari Cooper, but it's not, not with a bullet. Yeah, that's a tough one. Here's what I wonder. You know, we, we can look at the matchups. You know, obviously, Cooper, a bit of an unknown, but I think we've seen enough to feel confident that, that he's going to be the guy we, we thought he was coming into the draft. Here's things I think about. Are the Raiders, have the Raiders stepped offensively? And I know they've taken a big leap forward. Have they taken a big enough leap forward for you to feel safe starting two Oakland Raiders on your fantasy team on any given week? These are the kind of things I think about. All the other stats and numbers aside, this is something I think about. Frankly, I don't know the answer. I tend to lean Cooper. He's he's an exciting player. He's going to get targeted a ton. Yeah, it's it's the Jets <laughs> when you talk about Brandon Marshall. He's still. But these are the kind of things I'm wondering. If I was going to lean away from Cooper, it would be – has that offense – I guess I'm asking you, has that offense stepped forward enough to justify having two Oakland Raiders in your starting lineup? Oh, man. I Probably not. <laughs> but uh, to, when you put it that way, it makes you consider Brandon Marshall a little more. I think my Cooper's floor is a little better than Brandon Marshall because if we end the day – and Brandon Marshall has three receptions for 35 yards, I won't be shocked. It'll You're be right. Patrick had a bad day, 
and Marshall, you know, didn't didn't get the targets. They went to Decker. They ran with Ivory, whatever. If Amari Cooper comes out of today with less than five or six receptions, I would be shocked because I feel like – I feel like Oakland is going to fall behind Cincy and have to pass. I feel like it's at Oakland. I feel like uh, Derek Carr has tunnel vision for his for his best wide receiver, and I feel like Amari Cooper runs routes as good as as good or better than most NFL wide receivers already. So, and he made some amazing plays in preseason. So, I'm still leaning Cooper. I the answer to your question probably not. They probably haven't, but. Uh, I'm willing to take that risk this week. Yeah, I think in week one, and, and this is the time, it, I think Murray's a, a lock there, especially in the flex. Love having him. Obviously, that, that, that's your RB3, which is great, which is fantastic. I do expect big things from him. I agree. Cooper is just – he's so dynamic. I think we kind of know what we're going to get from Marshall. I think you nailed it there, Scott, with I'm not going to be stunned if I see three or four catches for, for less than 50 yards. So – I, I agree. I'll go Cooper here. I'm going to be nervous the entire time. I don't want my, my fantasy season getting off on a foot where I'm counting big on the Oakland Raiders, but I, I think we have to do it. It might be just the dawn of a new day. I think this all comes down to we know who Murray is. We know who Cooper is. Uh, does Carr take that step forward, and we'll we'll take the chance here. We've got another one in the chat room, about five minutes to go, so we'll get this in. OPPR need one between P.J. Yeldon, Melvin Gordon, or Alfred Blue? Man, people are going to come out today, today thinking I absolutely hate Gordon and Blue because I keep going against them, but I just think Yeldon's the better option. Uh, I like those two okay, um, but once again, we don't know fully what their usage will be. We don't know fully how those offenses are going to operate. Uh, again, San Diego has gates out. Woodhead is healthy this year. Uh, for the Texans, Foster is out. Um, Andre Johnson is gone. For Yeldon, I think he's a three-down back. I, he, he's a decent pass catcher. I think he's going to be the three-down back all day today in the Jacksonville, Carolina game. I think that it's a tough defense, but I just I would rather have the guy that's going to be in on three downs. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I'm not afraid to say that, that I hate Gordon in blue. <laughs> I'll just say it. I've, I've seen nothing out of Gordon as a professional. Now, again, he hasn't played a, prof- a real professional game yet. I've seen nothing. I think Woodhead plays a big, big role. And Alfred Blue, it's just he's not the guy. You know, we, we get so used to the guy in Houston stepping up and being that guy. I haven't seen it from Alfred Blue, and this offense is such a huge question mark when, you know, let's be honest, Brian Hoyer won that job. That tells me a lot. You know, I like I like DeAndre yeah. Hopkins, but they don't have – you don't have Hopkins and Andre Johnson. I don't see Blue as the type of guy who they're going to turn around and hand the ball to 20 times. It's going to have anywhere near the role in that offense. I won't even I won't compare him to Arian Foster, but to even have that role, I agree. Yeldon's the guy. They named him the starter a week ago. I, I, I don't have a tremendous fear that Robinson jumps up and takes work. I think that's a team heading in the right direction. I, I think that's Yeldon all day. I, I think that, I, I like that play. Another thing on Blue, would you be absolutely shocked if the Houston Texans, until Foster gets back, they try running Blue out there, they try Polk, they try Grimes, whatever, and whoever's running the back that day is going to get more work. I, I can see that happening. 
Yeah, absolutely. If you watch Hard Knocks, and maybe maybe you get too wrapped up in that, you always wonder about a team who has a guy, uh, a cornerback who they ultimately cut. They're trying to give him reps <laughs> in the in the preseason. It makes you wonder that me that their coaching staff isn't a hundred percent strong on their running game until Eric Foster gets back. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be interesting to see what they do today. All right. Well, we got time for one more. I'll pull this one off of Twitter here. We have uh, we need two in a PPR between Witten, John Brown, Aguilar, or Alshon Jeffrey. Oh man! Oh man! I that's a, I feel bad for this guy that he has to bench two of those guys. Right. Um, well, Jeffrey. This is one of those situations where I might actually lean towards benching Jeffrey for John Brown and for Nelson Aguilar because I love John Brown, <laughs> and he, he's just a PPR monster with uh, Carson Palmer in my house. Well, something just fell somewhere in my house. That's freaky. And then Nelson Aguilar is in a game where uh, Philadelphia versus Atlanta, the final score is going to be, you know, ridiculously high. I think it's the highest uh, highest point total of the week that I guess has them like 58 points. Oh, man. Um, if you are worried about Jeffrey, at least you have two options. If you're not worried about Jeffrey, I'd put in Jeffrey and Hagelar. Yeah, that, that's that's my first leaning. Is I, I think Jeffrey in this list, Witten's intriguing, actually. He's the first name that came out to me here. I have a feeling he's going to get back to the J- Jason Witten we're used to, but I guess I'm going to kind of have to see it first. I, I just wonder, either the way he's tail off, I think Romo goes back his way, but this one, Aguilar's such a question for me. You think Aguilar's just a lockdown? He's going to be that guy, fill, fill a Macklin role or a Jackson role. I don't know what his role there is. Is, is, it, is it Aguilar? I, is we going to be talking about him at the end of the year as a, a solid wide receiver too? I, I don't know enough about the kid. Uh, he's exciting. You love that offense. Aguilar, he's still a bit of a question mark for me, though. Yeah, I, I think people are a little jaded by the, the USC wide receivers, you know, the Marquis Lee's and the Robert Woods that didn't pan. And even, even as far back as, like, the Mike Williams and stuff, fat Mike Williams. And so maybe they're a little jaded on Aguilar, but uh, I really, really like Aguilar. And with Earth probably out and Selleck staying in the block, who are they going to throw to? Josh Huff? I mean, it's going to be Aguilar and Jordan Matthews in a game that's just they're going to be passing all day. Um, yeah, I think, I think. I think. I'm not not to say the running game's not going to get involved. I'm just saying it's going to be high scoring, high tempo offense all day. I agree. This, this is a game that will be played in the 30s, if not in the 40s. So that being the case, I think Jeffrey, again, you know, we talked about earlier, I just don't have the stones to sit him down. I, I worry about him. I, I honestly do. But So it's got to be Jeffrey, and I think Aguilar right there will pick the guy with the biggest game. Well, we have about run out of time. Scott, thanks so much for joining us, bailing me out here as Rick saw his community service, or I don't, I'm not sure what he's got going on there, but but he's a busy man, so thanks for coming in. Looking forward to it. Before we get you out of here, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and talk to you throughout the day. All right. Uh, at ScottFish24, you can follow me on Twitter, and you should. <laughs> and the Bull Rush podcast, uh, airing on the Asylum Sports Network. Go subscribe to that, and uh, 
get 30 to 40 minutes of awesomeness every week. At least that. I'm sure you get a lot more. <laughs> and if, if we're looking for anything, it's 40 minutes of awesomeness. That's what you need for the work. So thanks again for joining me, and we will talk again next week. You have a good one, Rick. All right. Take her easy. All right. That was Scott the Bull Rush Podcast on the Asylum Fantasy Sports Network. We have run completely out of time. Hopefully, we'll get uh, Rick back in full force next week, and we'll have the three of us to break those ties. Week one is upon us. Can't wait. Thanks, everybody in the chat room. Thanks for everybody who emailed in. Thanks, everybody. Dean, Jersey, thanks for calling in. Really appreciate it. We'll be back Wednesday live, 8 o'clock here on the Asylum Fantasy Sports Network. Saturday Saturday afternoon, 1 o'clock Eastern, fantasysportsnetwork.com, Cablevision Channel 187. You can check us out there. So until Wednesday, we'll see you.